Do me one quick favor and whatever channel you're listening to this on, please click subscribe, follow, so that you do not miss an episode of the Raising Your Game podcast. I thank you so much and it really does make a difference for you guys subscribing and interacting. I'm gonna do something a little bit different and that is give you the offer before I do the advert so that if you don't wanna listen to the advert, you can just skip right on to this week's episode. But at Sport Yogi, we're offering 25% off our mats and blocks. And you can do that by heading over to sportyogi.com forward slash shop and using the code RYG at checkout. So let's head over to sportyogi.com forward slash shop and use the code RYG at checkout. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will have heard me talk about how much meditation and yoga has played a part of my life and is a huge part of my life. But getting into it was really difficult for me. I struggled with the idea of being someone who got into yoga as an athlete. I just did not connect with it. So that's why we started Sport Yogi. But not only that, a big part of starting practicing was having something to step onto, a mat, and using blocks. And I wanted to create some quality products that resonated with athletes. So we've created the mat and the blocks. And the mat is unbelievable. I'm so happy with it. The more you sweat, the more this thing grips. If you're like me and you sweat a lot when you're on the mat and you sometimes slip, this thing is going to get rid of that issue. You're going to be able to grip more with your hands and your feet, get deeper into those stretches so that you can open up the muscles, gain that flexibility. You can get into your joints a little bit more, really open up that range of movement or relax those deep tissues that you might want to. Also, with the thickness of it, it's really easy on the knees. It's not too harsh and and having the blocks there that you can sit on, which are a little bit more dense than your standard foam, but they're durable for athletes. They can take the weight and they're really lightweight as well. You can use them to sit on for meditation, but you can also use them as supports during your practice. It really is a great complementary product and a couple of products for the Sport Yogi app, which I'm super excited about. So again, if you want to get a hold of these items for an extra 25% off as a listener of this show, then head over to sportyogi.com forward slash shop and enter RYG at checkout. So that's sportyogi.com forward slash shop and enter RYG at checkout. Go get yours today. Also, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I first started taking Athletic Greens when they initially launched their first iteration of AG1. Now I think they're on something like their 54th iteration because they have not stopped developing and they have no compromise in the quality of this product. It has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source foods, probiotics and adaptogens that is great for your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery and focus. I was taking vitamin pills to begin with and I took them when I was a professional and I was looking to go back into them. But then I thought, you know what, I'm going to get back into taking Athletic Greens because I know they are at the top of the food chain, literally, when it comes to vitamins and minerals. And I felt great taking it. I actually now look forward to that mild tropical taste when I'm taking the shake and the drink in the morning. So if you want to get started and start supporting your immune system, getting more vitamins and minerals into your diet because our nutritionist athletes is super important, then they are offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and also five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you've got to do to grab a hold of this offer is head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash RYG. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 
forward slash RYG to grab a hold of it today. I promise you, you will not regret it. This is something that I enjoy taking. I trust it implicitly. And over 7,000 five-star reviews have been put forward for Athletic Greens. They are recommended by professional athletes and trusted health experts around the globe. So grab a hold of this offer today. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Lewis Hatchett and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about 10 habits of successful athletes. So let's just dive straight into this episode. So I've now interviewed, I actually don't really know how many athletes I've ended up interviewing, but it's going to be in excess of 80 to 90, maybe even 100, uh, given that some of the episodes are just me talking on this podcast. But some of the common themes that have come up throughout not only the podcast, but my experience as a professional athlete and dealing with whether it's young up-and-coming athletes or even guys and girls that are trying to make it in sport and they're succeeding and then even clients that I'm working with and those guys having success as well. There are some fundamental habits, rituals, practices, work that they do that allows them to be successful. But before we go into that as such, I think it's worth noting to have a level of defining what you mean by success. Some of the athletes I've spoken to on this podcast, by their own admission, will not have achieved the outcomes, the results that they would have wanted in their careers, but will define what they do as successful because success is not only defined by the outcomes that you have. You can define your success in the way you go about what you do, the values that you bring to what you do, the the meaning, the purpose, the fulfillment that you get from the work, the process of trying to achieve these goals and ambitions that yes, we strive for, but are not guaranteed in life. So it's really worthwhile noting what you have as your level of success as an athlete. What is it that you define success as? And yes, have some outcomes and some goals and some results that you want to achieve, but don't hang your hat on that being the only reason that you're successful. Some of the most successful people that I know haven't necessarily achieved those results that they wanted, but the way in which they go about it, there is a level of success there because they're happy, they're content, they're fulfilled, and they're also doing it in a healthy way. I think that's really important to note that there is a level of healthiness around what they're doing. So let's just dive straight into these 10 tips and habits that I've found from successful athletes. And first off is preparation. Number one, preparation. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. That is a phrase that is synonymous in sport and it is so true. Now, preparation splits into 
I would say three different categories. That would be maybe even four. That would be your physical, your mental, your emotional, and also your tactical, and you could say slash technical. So in sport, you've got your physical preparation. These are things such as your gym work, your running, your endurance, whatever systems that you need to have in your sport that are going to make you very good at it, you need to have that down. That will give you a level of confidence that you are physically capable of dealing with the sport that you're playing. So having that physical preparation, it can also be your rest, your recovery, your it can be all of your things such as sleep. And I'll probably touch on hydration and nutrition as well, but stretching, maybe yoga. Um, it might even be linking in with the mental preparation meditation to calm and relax the body whatever it is that is going to get your body in a good place successful athletes look after that tool your your body is your tool and if you don't look after it and you neglect it there will come a time where it will catch up with you and you're using it in sport so look after it it's important you only get one i think it was jim ron who said like you only get one body so look after it it's the place you live and it's so important that you prepare your body so that everything else can follow and you can bring out the best of everything else. Then we move on to mental. Now, mental preparation can be many different things as well. It might be journaling, getting yourself ready, getting your thoughts down on paper. With that, some athletes I work with, they like preparing on the opposition. They like writing down notes on the opposition that they're coming up against, especially if they know them, then they feel that level of readiness, that confidence from that. And ultimately, all of these habits will give you a level of confidence in your performance as well. So it's worth noting there. With that, you might have some form of meditation. You might have a, a mindfulness practice. You might just have a practice that you do, a, a habit that you have that gets you in a good mental space. It might be seeing friends being a little bit social before the event, making sure you switch off there mentally. Whatever it is, those are going to fuel your mental and also emotional needs, which is we'll come on to about social interaction being around people that perhaps are going to help you prepare better so it could be your coaches it could be your family it could be other teammates it just might be your friends being able to be around to talk about whether it's emotional issues or it could be just worries and anxieties that are coming up and maybe your excitement talking about what you're excited about what you're looking forward to in this performance that you've got coming up this game this situation maybe a training session or a, an off season that you might be looking forward to just venting getting that stuff out there is super important now all of this will also lead into your technical and your tactical skills based practice your preparation we have to get our skills prepared if we don't get our skills prepared then we do not feel like we have everything all our ducks in a row. You can do all the physical preparation you want, but if your skills aren't there, then you're going to feel that level of self-confidence start to, to decrease. And you're going to feel maybe a bit anxious, pressured, maybe fatigued in what you're doing. So get your, your skills practice in, all your physical preparation will there. And this whole preparation phase as a whole is something that Many athletes, these successful athletes, they do not leave a stone unturned so that they know when they're out on the field, when they're out on the track, out in their events, they have done everything that they possibly can to put themselves in the best place. And then you can sleep easy at night, even when, even if 
the result doesn't go your way. So when that potentially comes or you have a level of setback or failure that you know you've done everything you possibly could and it really is bulletproofing yourself for these setbacks that we are undoubtedly going to face in sport but also when you create those successes and you have that success, it enriches it. It makes success better. When you achieve something knowing you've put in the work, you've put in the preparation, then you feel so much better about it. Moving on to number two, which is self-awareness. Now, this one is kind of a little bit of a left field one, but self-awareness is a skill that many athletes have developed. And having the awareness of really where they're at, taking honest conversations with themselves. Am I in the place that I know I really am? Or am I perhaps masquerading this with ego? And ego, I'll get onto that a bit later. But having that level of self-awareness and understanding where am I currently at? Am I currently in a place where the work that I'm putting in is giving me what I feel is the, the right output? Or am I potentially, is there a bit of an imbalance here? Am I, am I missing something? And you're going to know the answer to that when you start to build that self-awareness. And with that, it also allows you to have much better control of your emotions. When you build that awareness around what you're doing, and where you're at in your life and the positions you're at, you're in, you might start to understand the emotions that you're feeling. So it could be frustration, it could be overexcitement, it could be disappointment. Maybe you've got this sense of excitement and adventure in what you're doing. And it'll all make sense once you build that self-awareness. So just taking a, a time to ask yourself some really honest questions, almost ask yourself questions as if you were asking it of someone else. We usually ask others questions that we should ask ourselves. So why not ask ourselves those questions as well? And that will start to uncover some of the answers that we really want. Moving on, practicing quality over quantity. Very often you see athletes early on in their careers nailing themselves. And there is a level of getting your, in your hours of practice early on. However, more often than not, you start to hear of older athletes talking about, I'm prioritizing quality over quantity and less is more and these sorts of phrases that come out of it. And it's so true. Being able to have quality practice over quantity of practice, not only is going to help you in your skills, in your development, but more often than not, your physical practice. Now, this does depend on the sport that you are doing. If you are a marathon runner, if you are a swimmer, you do need to put in the reps to build up the physical capabilities to do those sports. However, if your sport is definitely based around skill levels and with fitness as well, then you can be a little bit smarter. And this is where you can really look at what do I want to achieve in this training session? What do I want to get out of it? I've done a previous episode on how to get better results from your training, and that is episode 126. So I'll leave a link in the show notes for that on how you just get more out of your training. And that is through building quality over quantity. You're not going into a training session where you're just trying to hammer yourself with no real guidance into where you're going. I think back to an episode I did with England cricketer James Taylor, and I saw James firsthand train, and it was phenomenal how he used to train. He used to train at such an intensity, but it wasn't for a long period of time, but at an intensity that would match what he was doing in a game. And then he would go away and do some repetitive work that wasn't as intense, but he'd do that with intention. And it was real quality practice, and the results that he got from that on the field were incredible. And it just showed that he wasn't 
hammering himself for hour on end, but he was really doing quality practice. I have also seen other athletes who have done long sustained periods of practice where they may train once a week and they do this really long sustained practice and then that's their real intense practice that they do for the week. The rest is just maintenance, but that one that they do is real quality and then the rest is about maintaining themselves physically getting themselves in like basic positions or skills but one session being massively dedicated to quality or you could split it up with shorter bursts of these high quality practices whatever you're doing just making sure there's quality over quantity and that is again something that i've seen amongst these successful athletes in what they do number four is understanding your body and as well your mind. So having an awareness around your body, understanding when you're pushing it really hard, understanding when you perhaps need something more, perhaps when you need to change direction. Is a training method that you've been doing for a long time, is it still working? Is it effective? Is it getting you in a good place? Or can it be tweaked? Can you change? Now, there's always an argument for adapting and constantly looking for new things there are some basics that you will have around that will suit you and get you into good routines and good habits but can you develop that along the way so understanding what you need do i need more do i need to maintain do i need less do i need to change direction again asking these questions of your body but then listening to it understanding what's working well how does my body feel in this moment and then usually with that, you can take a note of where your mind's at with that. So noticing when I do maybe a real quality practice, how does my mind feel? How does my body feel? When I do this practice, when I'm nailing myself and, and really hammering stuff hard, where does my, how does my body feel? How does everything feel? And then you'll start to understand everything a little bit more. So constantly asking yourself these unique and wonderful questions to get yourself in the best possible place. Number five, removing the ego. Definitely there is a, and I will probably do a podcast on the ego on its own, but removing as much ego as possible is highly effective to doing some of the previous self-awareness work that I spoke about. When we remove the ego, we allow ourselves to ask honest questions, remove the stubbornness within us that usually exists as an athlete, and we can do more work to get more answers from areas we know we need to improve on. When we are protected or we have our ego wrapped up in, or we're wrapped up in our ego, we often defend many situations or decisions that we make even though we know those aren't the right ones that we should have been making so removing as much of the ego as possible will be really effective to allowing you to unlock a lot of this work whether it's the quality practice that you're doing am i doing quality practice or am i am i just showing enough to people to get me by am i maybe putting others down in order to make myself look better and, and i'm not actually asking myself honest questions there's so much that the ego is good for in sport because we do need a level of ego in order to stand out, to back ourselves, to be strong and convicted in what we do. But too much of it can be detrimental because we can hide from opportunities that present themselves and our ego almost pushes them away. So look out for those opportunities by removing as much of the ego as you can as possible. Good nutrition and hydration, number six. You are what you eat. It's quite simply that you are what you eat. You are what you ingest, essentially. So the food that you're bringing in, the water, the 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 information, the media that you listen to, you are what you eat. And this is so true with 
nutrition. I know when I was growing up and I had maybe more processed foods, I just felt lackadaisical in my sport. And one of the most common things that you see with athletes that are successful is they're very good at knowing what they're putting in their body because what they're fueling their bodies and their minds with is the output that they get. They think better, they they move better, they make better decisions, they're clearer, they stay healthier for longer, they regenerate through injury more. And there's plenty of science to support that. It, you almost just, you don't need to go too far before you can start finding some really good and interesting people on, on that. And there's plenty of resources out there to to do that. I think one of the best places for, for information such as that is someone like Andrew Huberman's podcast, phenomenal podcast, uh, people like Rhonda Patrick, incredible knowledge, and also Tim Spector. Look up Tim Spector if you want to perhaps debunk some myths in the food industry, but also know what is good for long-term health. Because that should also be an aim of the game with your nutrition is providing long-term health in what you do. We're not just eating for the sake of eating and fueling and getting by day by day we're actually thinking a bit long term how do i want to be later on in life and what sort of life do i want to live maybe past my sports even if i'm going to be playing golf into my 50s and 60s like how do i want to be playing that and nutrition is going to play a big part in that number seven self-maintenance now this is a little bit with preparation but this is also to do with everything around your sport, maintaining everything around the self. So making sure that is there imbalances in your life? Many athletes had spoken to me about when they recognized there were imbalances in what they did. Perhaps they were overtraining in this part of their life. Maybe they're overthinking, overanalyzing, and then putting in place some practices that allowed them to maintain themselves to essentially self-care. So rituals where you look after yourself. It could be, again, time with friends. It could be looking after your body, spa days, whatever it might be, going on holiday, but getting yourself some time to maintain yourself and just having that awareness around where you're at. So all of the stuff previously is leading into that awareness and adding in self-maintenance in what you do. Number eight, understanding their game. Having a strong understanding of your game and your on what you're about will lead to your success. And the earlier you can figure that out, the better. So what are the things that get you ticking? So again, might be the physical, the mental, emotional practices, but also what makes your game unique? What is it about you that really stands out, that allows you to be a very unique person in the sport that you do? What is your super strength? What are the characteristics that you bring? And then leaning on those and doubling down on those strengths and understanding that that's what makes you you. And that's a super valuable part about becoming successful is because it will allow you to have something that creates an element where you can stand out. It's like a business selling to Dragon's Den and having, you're going to need a unique selling point. So what is your unique selling point as an athlete? What is the thing that you are known for? It doesn't have to be an external thing such as running fast, moving fast, jumping fast. It could be something as simple as your characteristics, your disciplined, you're a good person, you're on time, you're a great listener, you work hard, you're committed to everything, you're dedicated. What is that value and that that thing you want to bring to your sport and be known for in your game? And then also you can have things around your actual sport itself. What are the 
technical things, the tacticals that you're known for, that you're just brilliant at. And people, when they think of you, that's what it's about. And you get that through understanding your game, through acknowledging it, understanding that that's about you and then making it its own. So find out what it is about your game, understand it, and then go and run with it. Number nine, accepting criticism. And this leads in with having a good filter. We have to have a good filter as athletes. We have to have the ability to take on information, listen to it, digest it, and then take what we need. I had many coaches growing up. Athletes get many different coaches and they each coach will have its own opinion. And it's worth having a great filter so that you can listen, try new things, but then stick to what you found that you know works for you, that you understand is, is about you. And then if anyone tries to change that, acknowledge it, but perhaps move it alongside. And that's not disrespecting anyone. That's just, again, understanding what you need, understanding your game, but having a good filter. Sometimes the danger for that is if we create too much of a filter and we block everyone out, then we become naive to new ideas and development and growth. So there is a balance to be had. You should look to develop, but also filter out some information that you don't necessarily need. And you can do that in many different ways. And ultimately, it might just be about writing things down to know what works for you. When you get that new information, you note it, maybe add it in for trying out a training session. And if it doesn't work, then you move it on. Or you just nod your head, acknowledge, and then allow that information to just pass you by. Because whatever you're doing is working for you and it's it's something that you need to hold on to. Finally, number 10, not worrying about what others think. And this is a tough one. This is one of the hardest for not worrying what others think, whether that is through other people, other coaches, other players, and everything in between. But ultimately, being so self-sufficient and self-loving that you understand the value that you're bringing, you understand your worth, you, you recognize what you're doing is that you're having a good go, but not caring what others think. You can care about them, but not care about what they think and their opinions and their expectations of you because you cannot control that. When we start to worry about what others think, we worry about what they're saying about us and also what they think. So recognizing that successful athletes do not worry too much about what others think. They have a select few people that they listen to and they hear from, but then outside of that, they don't take on nearly as much as what many people who are struggling with their sport and their what they're developing with they take on far too much i just see it too often we're taking on so much of what other people think that it's getting in the way of where we want to be so removing that idea of what others think and have expectations of us and i would finally leave it with a little bit of a bonus and that is take time off time off from what you do can give you clarity on the thing that you love so allowing yourself to have the space from that sport, that activity that you love doing will give you the clarity on what you need to develop, what you need to be better at and create more motivation. Just having more motivation in it because you've got time off from it and that will allow you to feel better about it. So there we have it. There's my 10 habits of successful athletes and defining success in the way that you need to just remember that. But if you've enjoyed this podcast, then do leave a review on whatever channel that you're listening on. 
Also, don't forget to follow and subscribe to, again, whatever platform you're on. And you can find out more about the podcast and my work and everything that we're building over on lewishatchett.com. And for the podcast, it's add forward slash podcast. You can also head over to Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, type in Lewis Hatchett and follow on any of those platforms. So thanks again for listening and I will see you guys next time.